In a suburban fantasy world, two elven brothers embark on a great quest to find a phoenix gem to perform a spell to be able to see their dead dad one last time. A very touching entry from Pixar and pretty much the last big movie to come out this year as of now, as of probably ever. The way it's looking, this might be it. Uh, Launched on Disney Plus this past Friday for everyone to see. A film that should have been way bigger than it was, but circumstances happened. Uh, well, let's get into it. I'm Connor Gary, And I'm Austin Johnson. Welcome to a streaming edition of Filmgasm. So... Let's address the elephant in the room right now. We are unable to meet due to the concerns over the coronavirus. It was going to happen to us eventually. We we went as, hard, as long as we could doing it our normal way. So we are using Skype for the foreseeable future. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think this is the smartest call. Uh, seems like every podcast is doing it. We uh, felt like we should just kind of follow in line and uh, play along, play with the rules like everybody else, right? Yeah. And it's looking like, you know, this is going to be okay for us. Uh, Sound quality is decent. That was the one big thing I was worried about. And uh, now that we know we can do this, uh, there's probably going to be a lot more special guests on this show. So stay tuned tuned in the future for that. (laughs) Good. We got that out of the way. Um, So onward. I I got to see this at the movies. It was the last movie I saw. Yeah. And uh, you just watched it on Disney plus uh, like just now. So what did you think? Oh man, it was great. Just like, uh, just like most of Pixar's inputs, you know, uh, very touching, very good characters. Uh, the colors were incredible animation again, just perfecto. Um, I, like you said, I didn't get to see it in theaters, which was, this is the first time I didn't see a Pixar movie in the theater that I was really excited for, you know? Yeah. Uh, watch watching it on a much smaller screen. Uh, it was definitely different uh, the way it affected me. Whereas something like Inside Out, you see those giant that on the giant screen with all the colors. It's just a different um, different experience. But I'm very very grateful that Disney Plus put it out there for us to watch. We already pay for the the service. It, that was very nice of them, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad the world gets to enjoy it now because uh, because it, it is a great story and it's just right up there with all the other great ones you know I, I, w- I would put it right up there at the top yeah i've already spoken to a few people who say it's their favorite one wow and uh i mean that's pretty crazy considering their output over the years i mean yeah it's like over 20 films and they're, they're yeah they all have something to offer they really do pixar's made me cry more than any studio <laughs> <laughs> same that's that's a good call yeah and this film was no exception. This was a, a real tearjerker, especially if you have a brother or if you didn't really know your father growing up. It's that kind of movie that really just hits you he- right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding, man. And it was really cool the way they designed a fantasy world that evolved like ours. I thought that was so clever. Yeah, me too. It, it was. It was uh, extremely good writing. And I also want to point out how good were Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, man. God, the chemistry, I mean, I would have expected we got a bit of that chemistry in um, Avengers Infinity War between those yeah. two. So it's no surprise that they were great. But 
Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it was it was good to see him deliver like that. Yeah. So great. One thing I was actually surprised at is that the film doesn't really have a bad guy. You no, know, you're right. Um, you know what? When you really look down the line of Pixar, it's kind of like the world they're in is their enemy uh, a lot of the time. Uh, even like something like Finding Nemo is like there's there's kind of multiple villains, but it's really just the ocean, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Pixar is very, very good about that, not having like a singular uh, figure. Rather, rather kind of uh, you're kind of conquering your own fears usually in Pixar movies, you know? Uh, yeah. it's, it's such it's such an interesting like you said the studio has made me cry so so much more than any, any other studio and uh they continued it again that's a really good point about how onward is kind of just a journey that's yeah. that's all that's, that's all it is you know it's really amazing it's a movie about you know discovering who you are and coming to terms with the fact that you know dad's gone he's not yeah. coming back and you yeah. have to you have to deal with that Pixar does that so well. They make you deal with things. Yes, confront it, yeah. Every movie has a bit of that. And Onward's no exception, and I know that Soul was going to have that too. Oh, man, I can't wait for Soul. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be wonderful. It's been, been, you know, I feel like that's a subject matter like that, the world of music and that, that had to be made, right? (laughs) Well, it's going to be a film that directly deals with death. It's the yes. big one for Pixar. Yes, yes, I can't. Yeah, it's gonna be great. And I, <laughs> why not? I mean, they've they've tackled everything else. Why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Onward was just beautiful. Uh, it has an IMDb score of seven point five, Rotten Tomatoes score of eighty seven percent, and prior to the movie theaters shutting down due to coronavirus concerns, it had grossed one hundred and four million worldwide. So it was doing well. It was it was on you know track to be a, a big hit, but you know shit happens. Yeah, yeah, you know unfortunately some movies didn't even get to come out. So you know it. Uh, at least at least people had to, like you got to have that experience in the theater. I did. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm I'm quite jealous of that to be honest. <laughs> it it was a it was great. There's a lot of little stuff you notice, and. As always, Pixar's animation is unrivaled. They got the best team in the game. <laughs> and just it's little stuff like the stubble on Barley's chin and like oh, the, yeah. the cool little things happening in the background, reflections in, char- in characters' eyes. It, it, it really sells that this is a real world. It doesn't feel like a cartoon. It feels like you're watching a, a movie. Yeah, and they've been doing that. They've been doing that since Toy Story, man. <laughs> uh, I, uh, in Toy Story, you know, 1995. There's there's a I like to point out the one scene uh, when Woody is in the back of the Pizza Planet truck by himself. Some of that stuff, it's like kind of dark. The, all the colors are amazing. And it's like, how do they do this shit where they really care about every little little line, look little nook and cranny on each scene, which is why why they're the best and why they always make good money. I mean, they invented this technology for the yeah, most part. Yeah. Monsters, Inc. took like three years to make because they were animating every single hair on Sullivan's body like just the the care and effort speaks for itself with yes. these guys uh, i love that yeah <laughs> fantastic and we've we've brought up toy story before it was in my top 10 of the 90s yeah and it's another like it it's their first film it does not feel like their first film it feels like they've been doing this for years before they did toy story and the yeah. animation still holds up today which is i know remarkable i know man 
there's no weak links in the animation. I'm, there's some story weak links. Like I've heard the car sequels are pretty shit, but I haven't seen those yet. So yeah, I would say those are definitely. I would say Cars two and three are the weakest, and then I would say, oh man, um, and then you know I'm not a huge fan of Monsters University. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, but aside from that, man, it is is a damn near perfect perfect world. You know, it, it really is great. <laughs> And there's, I've heard, you know, a theory that all the films are somehow connected, like it's telling some ongoing story of mankind yeah. being destroyed by inanimate objects that became sentient. Yeah, no, there's a book. There's a book that a, a John Negroni wrote uh, called The Pixar Theory, Yeah, and it connects. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty convincing. Uh, you know, I believe it for sure. I think they all intertwine, and there are definitely, um, there's like, there's like a bigger picture thing going on in the Pixar world that it's not necessarily for kids and I don't even know if it's for adults. It's just there if you can catch it or not, you know? Um, yeah, that's really fun stuff. And I definitely think we'll get into it one day here on Filmgasm. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's ripe for an awesome discussion right there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Makes me wonder where onward fits into that. Yeah, no, I actually, before we started recording was trying to find if he had, uh, cause John Negroni has kept up with every, cause he did that, um, right after brave came out. So, you know, he, we st- we had Inside Out come out, we had Toy Story 4 come out, we had Coco come out, we had Onward. So, uh, I, I was trying to find some stuff, and he hasn't quite, he hasn't updated it yet. So, ah. I'm, I'm guessing he probably just watched it, like most of, most humans. Mm. Uh, I just got to watch it this, you know, this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, as it came out on Friday. So, I, I know, I think, I think Josh actually watched it recently with, uh, yeah. with his, and he, he, like, is raving about it. Um, so yeah, Filmgasm definitely loves, loves Onward, and it's, uh, made me honestly question my top five. Like, I was thinking, maybe it, maybe it should fit in there. I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough, kind of tough group to crack, but I, I don't know. It, it was a good one. It, yeah, man. It's, um, I love that a film, like, a, a company like Pixar can bring out emotion and happiness and joy in, it like, I would say four. I'm gonna throw Caleb into this too. Four horror-loving geek nut jobs. Yeah. <laughs> can, can find love like a love of animation with this. It it really speaks to everybody. Pixar. Yeah. Yeah, it really <laughs> does. That's the best way to put it. That's so cool. Um, I guess yeah. I guess we'll go into the plot of this thing. Talk about the movie. Let's do it. So this is a world inhabited by mythical creatures, centaurs manticores banshees maybe you don't see one but i'm sure and all sorts of stuff a world where magic is everywhere and it's difficult to to master though you can't not everybody can be a sorcerer you have to have the gift you have to have the spark but when the light bulbs invented people start becoming more lazy they start becoming more comfortable with the easy way and this magical world evolves into like you know our society of just skyscrapers and cars and you know, workout videos and all sorts of shit. And everyone's just kind of like unicorns are a public nuisance and the cop is a centaur, things like that. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, gr- great world building as something that they're masters at as well. Oh, for sure. Their town is called new Mushroomton. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and we meet our hero, Ian Lightfoot played by Tom Holland. He's a, high schooler he's an elf he's insecure he doesn't he's not very self-confident he's worried about the future he's on the cusp of manhood and he doesn't feel like 
he's got anything going on in his life. He feels, you know, he, he never met his dad. His older brother, Barley, played by Chris Pratt, is he's a history and an RPG fanatic. So he, like, in this world, Dungeons and Dragons is history. Like that really happens. Like, and he's obsessed with kind of reliving the past. Yeah. yeah. And I like these two characters because I feel like Barley reminds me a bit of you. And I'm very much Ian. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's great. (laughs) But he's just, you know, he's he's funny. He's up. He's upbeat. And he's he's a good brother. But he's also kind of a screw up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, did he remind you of um, Jack Black in Orange County at all? <laughs> I, could, I could totally see that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lance? It's Lance. <laughs> There's no way that was not an influence. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, just Jack Black in general. Uh, that's what I, I got a lot. That's uh, what they were going for. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Bit of School of Rock, bit of Orange County. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so their mother, uh, Laurel, she's played by uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> she has a boyfriend, a centaur cop named Colt Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> so good. The most horse cop name you could think of. And he's kind of a goofy, you know, mom's boyfriend kind of guy. He's not a, he's not an asshole. He's just concerned and he's tired of dealing with Barley shit. Yeah, he's constantly getting in trouble with the law, protecting monuments like old fountains and stuff. And he just (laughs) it's it's funny, but Bronco just wants Barley to, you know, to quote Walter White, apply himself. And uh, this is yeah, this this trip was good for all of them. Their uh, their father died. Uh, His name is Wilden. He died shortly before Ian was born. So Ian never met him. Barley was just a, a young kid. And on Ian's 16th birthday, uh, Ian decides to make a like try to reinvent himself. He wants, you know, new year, new me, that kind of thing. And he makes a list of things he wants to do, like to try to better himself. He wants to be more outspoken. He wants to learn how to drive. He wants to invite people to his party. And most importantly, he wants to be like dad. And it's you. You really get it on an, like an emotional level. Like, yeah, of course. Like, it doesn't. You know, I love the Elven stuff, the fantasy world. But on the like, you know, at the very core of this movie, it's a it's a very emotional family drama about a kid who never met his father. Yeah, and you have that one really really powerful scene with the uh, the father of the other child who's like, oh, I knew your dad. He was so bold. Yeah. And that's that's when he's like, oh, I gotta be like my dad. I gotta be bold. Yeah, it's those those like really humane moments that ah that remind you of like why you like films in general not just cartoons or animated films but films in general that like that emotion where you're like oh i, I relate to that like everybody like everybody needs to or wants to be loved you know yeah. so and, and pixar yeah it's so good at highlighting those moments there's a relatable uh strain of story in every single pixar movie oh yeah oh yeah for sure it's what keeps these from you know it's what keeps these alive for I mean, Toy Story came out in 95, so 25 years now of Pixar movies, and they all speak to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It's really – it really is remarkable. And Onward is 
God, it could have been so big. It had a budget of two hundred million. It only I made know. half of that because I know. Of really, really sucks. Yeah. yeah. So Ian goes to high school. He goes to school on his birthday, and he doesn't accomplish any of these. He's too scared to merge onto the highway. Boy, did that speak to me. <laughs> Dude, yeah, man, I fucking hated uh, driving school. Oh my god, shit was terrible. It took me a long time to get my license. Tell me this: Was your driving instructor an overweight, angry, bald man? Uh, actually, he was a skinny, bald, angry man. Oh, yeah. he had the other one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the only two. <laughs> yeah. I I had Jasper. You had Horace. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, my driving. I had two different driving instructors, and they were the same shape, the same like personality. And they were both just constantly angry, intimidating, bitter old men. Ugh, gross. And they made me drive from Blanco to San Marcos, uh, by my like I with two other guys in the back, and I was so nervous the whole time. I was like just, but the one guy kept going like speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down, like yeah, over and over again, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> What am I supposed to do, man? Let let your foot do the work. What? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. I'm Ridiculous. Just, best part of getting my license was not having to deal with people like that anymore. <laughs> just getting the fuck out of there, yeah. But I remember being terrified to merge onto the highway, and I love that this movie addressed that. Yeah. Same, I've never seen yeah. any movie address that. Neither, neither have I. Not even yeah, like in a live-action movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. He uh he doesn't speak up with the guy putting his feet on his chair, so he just deals with that. He can't he gets nervous inviting his lab partner people to the party. Barley shows up, makes an ass of himself, and he just gets nervous. So he just he doesn't accomplish anything on his list. So he's just down. Yeah, what's up, gang? <laughs> <laughs> you down for some cake? <laughs> oh God. Oh, I love that man. That was great. I love all the I love the the detail on the, all the other characters, like the side characters, the kids going to his school. That was just incredible. I loved the restaurant uh, Burger Shire that had the marquee yes. that said "Now serving second breakfast." <laughs> ah, little stuff, man. It's the best. The details. So good. So good. <laughs> so knowing he's down, Laurel decides to give Ian a birthday present from ian's dad it's it was intended for ian's 16th birthday it was for him and barley together and it's a wizard staff and in there's a note it's a it's a spell describing a vision it's a visitation spell that wilden concocted that can resurrect him for a day so he can meet his grown-up sons and barley is you know, so excited, and he finds a phoenix gem in the in the package, and it's this gem that can perform this spell. It's the only way they can do this. He tries to do the spell, and it fails. Like he does, nothing happens because Barley has no gift; he has no magic powers. And he keeps trying this for like hours, and eventually they're all like, "Ah, I guess it's a dud." Ian starts reading the spell, and the staff starts twitching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we knew it was going to happen, but it's yeah, it's it was still, still sweet, yeah, yeah. And uh, they, the magic, he finishes the spell, and the spell starts recreating Dad from the legs down. It starts, grow, you know, cre- uh, bringing Dad into this world, and him and Barley 
try to control this staff, but the Phoenix gem explodes. It's not powerful enough. And all that comes back is dad's lower half. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. And it's so weird. It's perfect because that's when you get, you get a really sweet moment between Barley. That's the way he like gets him to recognize who they are. He's like tapping his feet. Yeah. Which is a thing he recalled earlier. Like, Oh yeah. Like, I used to tap dad's feet when I was a kid. That's like a thing he has that his younger brother does not. Ian does not have because he doesn't remember his dad at all, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was really cool. And it also is very funny. And that is a very like ballsy thing to do in a movie in general is like, imagine selling that, you know, to the, to the production, you know, to, to Disney. You're like, all right, well, these two guys are going to be in this, you know, elvish world and they're going to find their, you know, they're going to, get their dad that's just gonna be the bottom half like that's just such a weird thing <laughs> but be, yeah but because it's pixar and because the beginning of the movie is so captivating you're like all right i'm in like this is great like let's go but i don't know <laughs> I, I i normally wouldn't be down for that <laughs> it was it was just done so it's such such a clever way it's so funny i loved it so cute it really was and they both realized so they've got a day to spend time with dad before the spell is over and they need to get another gem to finish this spell so they can actually talk to dad and do stuff with him. So without telling mom, they decide to embark on a quest to find this gem because Barley, through his uh, his role-playing game, I think it's called Quest of Yore. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he he believes that this a map to this gem can be found at the Manticore's Tavern. And Ian just goes with it, and they decide to take off without telling mom, believing that when they get back, they're going to have one hell of a surprise for her. And they take Barley's van, Guinevere. <laughs> the van is a constant source of laughter, and I, I love the van. Oh, yeah. Another another very, very Jack Black thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't just ask him to do it. They probably did. <laughs> and, and he's like, no, I'm already Kung Fu Panda, man. I've already done my cartoon. Ah. <laughs> So they take off. Laurel finds Ian's room completely destroyed and yeah. a note and the two cards indicating where they were going. So she takes off to go after them. Ian and Barley go to the Manticore's tavern with dad's legs. And they've uh, they've kind of set up a uh, like a, a big coat and a hat and some sunglasses to fit on top of dad to make it look like he's a person. <laughs> Classic. And, uh, it's oh, it's great. They go to the Manticore's Tavern, which is now like a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. That, that was great. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Manticore, this once fearsome warrior, is now worried about, like, the tater tots didn't go out in time. I mean, this, the karaoke machine's broken. What are we going to do? And that's uh, Octavia Spencer. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, who has just become a legend in voice, uh, doing voice work. Yeah, she's perfect. Dude, she came out like she she'd been doing work for like movies for years, but she just had like a big break in like the early 2010s and then just skyrocketed. I know everything. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. She's already an Oscar winner. Like she's just yeah, way to go. Yeah, she's every everywhere these days. <laughs> and then it's cool to see her. She's also been you know done some horror stuff, which is great. Yeah, I gotta see. Uh, I didn't see Ma, but I I, I want oh, to. Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah, I heard like, it was. Weird. That's really crazy that like a year ago she did that and then she's in Onward, you know. I love that. I love actors who diversify, who go yeah. all over yeah. the place. That way everyone will know who you are, horror fans and exactly you know, and, and kids. Yeah, it's great. 
Or people like us who just watch fucking everything, you know. (laughs) (laughs) True. Very Uh, true. Yeah. So Ian and Barley argue with her about the map. And she's like, oh, here's the map. And she gives them a kid's menu that is uh, based on her map. Throws the crowns at them, yeah. (laughs) And uh, Barley's like, no, the original map. And she's like, oh, it's over there. And he takes it off the wall. And she's like, you can't just take that. I'm not sending people on quests anymore. I'll get sued. I love that that's what she's afraid of. (laughs) (laughs) She'll get sued. Brilliant. And uh, she won't give the map to to them. And Ian is the one who gets upset about this. He starts, you know, asserting himself and saying, you know, I've never seen my dad. This is my only chance. I need that map. But (laughs) Manticore has like a panic attack where she's like, who am I? What have I become? This isn't me. And sets the place on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That everyone starts running out and uh, they, she burns up the map, regrettably. And uh, now all they've got is the kids menu. And when they um, when they're leaving, they're trying to get out of there. A burning log almost falls on dad's legs. And Ian uses he finally conjures up enough like inner focus to use magic for the first time. And he saves dad's legs. <laughs> and it's nice. It's I, I love, you know, I've seen this twice now and I love the buildup because it, it makes total sense. Like every scene is important in this one because it, it's all building towards Ian becoming himself, like finding himself. And I love that. It, yes, exactly. Especially. Yeah. There's there's like a huge moment later where he has that. Yeah. That reflective moment of, of finding out kind of who he is and just what's happened in his recent in his recent life, within the movie that we just watched, it's really cool, really rewarding for us. Yeah. One thing I also like is that his goal isn't to, like, go out with the popular girl or something like that. He really just wants some friends. Like, that's all he wants is some friends and to know who his dad was. It's very small goals, and I like that. It's just it's stuff we all want. Yeah, yeah, just to be... Yeah, maybe not even loved, but just to be, uh, yeah, have some camaraderie, you know? Just to be liked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, jeez, it's, it's a little, uh, oof. <laughs> no, yeah, it is. It's, it's a big one. It's a tough one, man. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Barley sees, you know, he, he grabbed a menu that was already finished, a children's menu, and Raven's Point is the clue to where this Phoenix gem is. And Ian realizes, oh, that's a mountain on the at the end of edge of town. And they're like, all right, we gotta go to the mountain. And Barley's like, no, no, that's too obvious. The path less traveled, that's where we gotta go. And Ian's like, Are you serious? We don't have that kind of time. And they kind of debate about this. And <laughs> they uh they decide, like, all right, we'll take the freeway. But Barley's still holding it in his pocket, like, that's not the right way though. Laurel arrives at the Manticore's tavern to find it completely on fire and talks to the Manticore. Her name's Corey. Cute. And uh, she agrees to help Laurel find the boys because she didn't warn them about the curse that the Phoenix Gem has on it, which can only be defeated by her sword, this thing called, I think it was called, like, Curse Curse Crusher, I think it was? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like th- five-foot sword. <laughs> awesome. And she and Laurel end up stealing that from a pawn shop. <laughs> Just cute. The pawn shop lizard was played by Tracy Ullman. 
Yeah, which was fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ian and Barley are traveling towards the mountain, Raven's Point, and uh, they run out of gas. So Ian decides he's going to use this in, like enlarging spell to make more gas. And he screw, screws it up because Barley won't stop talking and he accidentally shrinks Barley. And that's cute. They then they go to a gas station and they Barley pisses off a motorcycle gang of pixies. <laughs> that was cute because he's like, you know, you used to fly. And she's like, are you calling me lazy? He's like, no, your ancestors. I'm calling them lazy. <laughs> Oh, my God. So they because Barley's so tiny, they have to flee and uh, Ian has to drive. So he now has to summon up enough courage to merge onto the freeway to escape from this gang of pixies. And Barley's giving him pointers saying, you know, you can do this. You're a warrior. You're going to you're going to be fine. And they evade the pixies by using the uh, supercharged air conditioner that Barley has that like flies him out of the car. Perfect. And Barley wake, Barley's uh, becomes regular size again when the magic wears off. And before that, they get pulled over by the cops. Or after that, they get pulled over by the cops. And Dad's legs come out first, and he looks like a drunk teenager. <laughs> They're like, you having a fun night, pal? It's <laughs> yeah. How you doing, pal? Yeah. <laughs> And That's the cops what, are uh, Lena Waithe and uh, Ali Wong. <laughs> yeah, which is just, yeah, so good. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and uh, Ian and Barley use another spell, a disguise spell, to look like Colt Bronco. But every time Ian lies, the spell starts wearing off. And he's kind of talking to the cops, and they're like, oh, so this is Laurel's kid? And he's like, yep, he's a handful, that one. And it's funny, because... Ian kind of unloads his personal insecurities on them by freaking out. And they're like, no, it's, it's okay. It's tough being a new parent. <laughs> it's a great scene. Yeah. I love that part. Well, of course, you know, um, they ask him, they ask him like, you know, a question about barley, you know, and he realizes that he's like kind of talking shit, you know? Yeah. Without really meaning to Ian, like accidentally talk shit about barley. So it's, it's really sad. Yeah. And, 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 you know, kind of the first time that those two are uh, totally not getting along, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's, fr- it's frustrating as a viewer. You're like, no, you guys have to stay together. <laughs> well, it's sad because they ask him, like, you know, that that Barley's a real screw up. And he yeah. says, no, no, he's not. And the spell slightly wears off. And Barley's like, oh, you think I'm a screw up? Ah. And in that one scene, um, one of the cops, um, uh, Lena Waithe's cop character mentions that like her girlfriend's kid is uh, always all over the place and i that was one of the first like openly gay characters we've gotten in a disney movie yeah and of course uh yeah that i, I really like that because it wasn't even um hidden or subtle it was just like yeah that's there that's happening uh lena obviously is a big big voice in that community and that was really cool that she got to play a cop character do you know that was just great it worked yeah well, that's how that's it awesome. should be. It shouldn't be this big, you know, overly flamboyant, like, oh, that's clearly a gay character. It's just, you know, it's stuff like that. It's like, no, my girlfriend's kid's all weird, too. Because that's the way yeah. it is in real life. People are normal. People are just, you know, good through their day-to-day. And I like that exactly. this movie addressed it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. Pixar's always been ahead of the curve on that. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now that they've escaped the the cops, they get to this uh, this drawbridge. It, uh, Barley manages to convince them to get, convince Ian to go on the path of peril, this path less traveled, convinced that that's the real way to get to the Phoenix Gem, that the freeway is a waste of time and they're going to end up nowhere because the mountain's a, a red herring. scene <laughs> um ian uses a bridge spell that only works if he believes in it if he believes with every step and he's going over this big trench this bottomless pit he's got a rope tied to him but then halfway across the uh, walking over the, the magic bridge the rope falls off <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so good <laughs> barley's like just keep going don't look back just it's you're gonna be fine just hurry up He's like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> I, I can stay that. out that was... here all day. Oh, my God. Uh, so intense. Oh, and then he gets there. He's like, Dad, this last step's for you. And he looks behind him, and the rope's gone. <laughs> and he, he, gets to, he, uh, he gets over to the other side. He lowers the drawbridge, but he's got this thousand-yard stare in his eyes the whole time. <laughs> uh, Barley drives the van over, and Ian's just like, how long? Was the rope gone? And Barley's like, not even halfway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I needed that rope. And Barley's like, did you? Hmm. Is, you know, Ian was able to do this without a support system. He was able to be, you know, do this himself. Because of magic. Mm-hmm. Or was it, was it magic or was it finally he had some confidence? Yeah. Com- confidence magic. <laughs> That's the real magic. <laughs> <laughs> so they run. They find a uh, a statue of a raven that's pointing to more raven statues, and Ian realizes Barley was right. Raven's point is this: he was having them going the wrong way, and Colt ends up following them, and he runs into them and he demands they come home, even though they're like, "But we got to get Dad." He's like, "Nope, I can't. Nope, I promised your mother. Like, no more shenanigans. I'm taking you home." And Ian and Barley get in the van, and Ian's like, hold on. And he takes off. He runs away from Bronco. And it's a big moment for that for his character. Where he's like, you know, I nope, I'm seeing Dad. Nothing's stopping me. And uh, Bronco called in reinforcements. Now they're being chased by a bunch of cops. And they come to a dead end. And uh, Ian can't do the uh, arcane lightning spell. He's not powerful enough to do that. So he can't. they can't get away. They're, they're stuck. So... My absolute favorite scene of the movie, and I have laughed so hard both times. Barley sacrifices Guinevere to, yeah. man to cause a landslide, and he puts in this like road to Valhalla <laughs> yeah. <big> tape, <laughs> sets the a rock on the on the gas, and like hits it to go, and the tire goes out, so it's like it's galloping. Yeah. <laughs> can't even talk about it without laughing <laughs> my favorite bit is when he rubs the dashboard like ah come on come on buddy oh yeah that is a genius scene for me it's it's the the, the tire breaking in the gallop perfect. <laughs> and it just goes it sails into the spot oh my god it was perfect <laughs> oh, so tr- so true to his character 
<laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. So they gave up. Yeah, Barley sacrificed Guinevere, and he picks up a headlight, that you know, a piece of the headlight, and puts it in his pocket. He's like, it was just a van. Clearly, this van meant a lot to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Understandable. That thing was awesome. Oh, it was crazy. And if I was, you know, unemployed and pretending to be a rock star, I would want a van like that. <laughs> Like Jack, like uh, Jack Black in School of Rock. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it is such a. It's not even pretending. <laughs> no, no. Who cares? <laughs> so they follow the statues and they end up at a cave, and they find this like this X-shaped key that they pocket. They go into the uh, into the cave, and what do they run into? But a gelatinous cube. This. Creature that Barley's deathly afraid of that he keeps mentioning from his game. (laughs) So funny. This giant, just like, jello-looking thing that eats anything it touches, and they start running through the the gauntlet. (laughs) It was so great. They get out, and they they end up in this, like, tank that's filling up with water. They use Dad to hold the the, uh, door open. They get up, and where do they end up but right in front of their high school? Yeah. Ooh. Suddenly, Ian's, you know, upset and horrified and pissed as he realizes Barley led them, <coughs> excuse me, through nothing. Like, it was all pointless. They have, there's no way to get the Phoenix Gem now. He, he's convinced that it was the mountain that they were going the wrong way this time. And he calls Barley a screw-up and walks away to spend what little time he's got left with Dad's legs. And before that, though... When they were riding the Cheeto through the, uh, <laughs> through the water, uh, Barley told Ian that his worst memory of dad is that he didn't get to say goodbye. That he was too scared to go see dad when he was dying, when he had tubes in him in the hospital. Very real moment in a Pixar movie. Like, I can picture that. You know, it's you don't often get that kind of insight into, like, real death in a kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. And like you said, I think that's um, giving us like a little bit of a warning before soul. <laughs> yeah. I think this was going to be the appetizer and that one was going to hit hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Boy. So after, so yeah, after that they find out they went nowhere and they have, yeah. So barley is still like a, He's at that fountain that they were. he was at at the beginning, trying to find some next clue, something. And Ian is sitting with Dad, looking through his list, and realizing that everything he wanted to do with his dad, he did with Barley throughout his whole life. That Barley's been a father figure to him the whole time. And, oh, man, this is <laughs> – that got me hard, man. I was like – So was, sweet. I was sobbing. <laughs> yeah, they go back and show him, like, uh, you got – Ian's being taught how to ride a bike by Barley, you know, just little things that you do as a kid. Yeah, how to and, swim. Uh, yeah, just such a sweet moment. And uh, yeah, I have two older brothers, and that uh, they definitely. My dad's been around for sure. Obviously, um, you know that Connor. Um, yeah. But uh, it still had a huge impact. Where there's certain things in my life that my two older brothers, had they not been there, you know, nobody would have taught me or that kind of thing. So it's just. Yeah, dude. Big, big time. Big time moment. Oh, for sure, man. I bet this... Yeah. I, the, the second I saw it, I knew you were going to be hit pretty yeah. pretty hard with this one. 
Yeah, my my oldest brother Adam, he's a uh, he's 28 now. Yeah, he he saw it in theaters as well, and he was like, "Oh my god, dude!" You know, he texted me right away and you know, said the same thing, like, "You're gonna love it. It's gonna destroy you." <laughs> he's like, "Get ready to cry a couple times." So yeah, no, yeah, uh, I was not let down at all, and that moment was huge, man. Oh, for sure. Uh, so Barley ends up finding a keyhole that fits that X they found earlier, puts it in the, in the fountain and finds the Phoenix gem. He was right. Yes. <laughs> but when he takes it out, he triggers that curse that the Manticore was talking about. This red smoke starts pouring out of the fountain. I thought it was going to kill Barley. When I first saw this, I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. It could not have Barley die. There's no way. Nah, man. But, uh, the cursed starts sucking in everything around it starts like absorbing the high school and becomes this giant stone dragon which was so cool the animation there was nuts that I was know, so man. cool it's fucking creepy ah. so ian sees the phoenix gem and is like oh my god and he starts using magic to fight this dragon and uh the manticore shows up with with mom and that's awesome because she like starts fighting the dragon and mom's on her back like yes <laughs> i love that i love yeah i love when the mom uh grabs the sword uh so great <laughs> so ian does the spell starts f- forming dad and realizes you know he's uh somebody's got to distract us and barley says you know i'll go distract him you say like you talk to dad and ian's like no 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 i'll go distract him and you you say goodbye because yeah and he does that for a few reasons i think or at least a couple one one he's being really cool and letting you know being a good brother and two he knows that there there's no way if barley goes to distract this this won't work then no one will talk to him because this thing will kill i can go distract because i have magic and i can actually do something about distracting him so it was like a very selfless move in two ways yeah no way and I love that because he like totally, totally found his identity right in that moment. I can use magic. I'm the one who should take down this giant beast and let him have, you know, let him have the moment. And if Barley had the magic, he'd do the same thing, man. You know, this is a it's a two way street with these brothers. That's what I love so much. It's great. It was great. It was great. And in this scene, when Ian goes, you know, to, to fight the dragon, he uses all the spells he learned. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. Found himself. He knows and Tom Holland right there, man. That's Tom Holland. You, you know, you're like, oh, there's fucking Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. He's so good at like making silly ass spells sound really, really believable and cool. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom Holland is like a uh, become in the past three years, I'd say uh, one of the biggest names in the entire world as far as films go. Yeah. Uh, if you and if you're a kid, who the hell is cooler than him? You know. <laughs> It is neat, man. He really did come out of nowhere to be just one of the one of the A-listers, and all that could be, you know, all that is Spider-Man. But he yeah. is definitely going to be doing more, and I'm so excited. I still don't see him as Nathan Drake, but I don't know. Maybe the movie will be creative. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Got my fingers <laughs> crossed on that one. So Ian faces the dragon, but his staff gets knocked into the ocean. But he still he finds a splinter in his hand. Oh, dude. <laughs> Oh, so great. And he, he reforms the staff from that splinter. He uses the, the big spell, like the enlarging spell, and continues the fight. <laughs> there, there, he says, like, he's like, Dad says there's magic in every fiber. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So cool. Uh, 
the sword ends up uh, down in a, a puddle, like in a hole. The manticore like has like a, a back pain. She can't fly anymore. <laughs> and Laurel goes to grab the sword, grabs the sword, and like throws it. Oh, first, she like jumps up the, the sword, the uh, the dragon's back using her workout routine, which made me laugh. She's like, I am a warrior. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. But then I am a, I am a warrior. Ian uses that like acceleration spell and hurls the sword straight into the dragon's chest. Badass. So sick. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> the dragon collapses, trapping Ian in like a circle of wreckage. And he sees like out of one little hole, he sees dad reform and talk to Barley for like Ugh. 30 seconds. And Barley hugs him, and as he's hugging him, Dad fades away. Oh, damn. <laughs> At least he got that, but dude, that hurt. Yeah, I know, I know, that was that was tough. And the music, of course, as always, is so, uh, just like gut wrenching. <laughs> it really is. And uh, Barley then helps Ian out of the circle and tells him that Dad wanted him to give him something, and he gives him a big hug. Oh, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Pixar, you bastards. <laughs> so now Ian's confidence is, is at an all time high. He's made peace with his dad and his brother and who he is. He's using magic to kind of teach the, the, uh, the town about their history. He, uh, surprises Parley by painting his new van with, a image of them two riding on a giant unicorn and it's so cool. I want that on your t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I wanna I, I want an onward t-shirt really bad, man. Bitchin'. The Manticore reopens her tavern to its original tone, you know, adventure and you know spirit and all that. And she's, you know, embraced who she really is. And mom is like hanging out with her all the time. They're kicking ass together. I love that. Uh Bronco has, you know, they've accepted his, like, who he is in their life. And he's, I love when he took off his hat and he's got this, like, Fabio mane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he starts running. Like, it's, it's great. And Ian and Barley are now, you know, they're best friends on the, with the same intent. They're questing and they're always, you know, hanging out and doing stuff together. And now Ian, like, uses magic to make the van fly. It was awesome. And it's just a very touching, entertaining, great movie that I really wish had been able to know be seen by more people in the theaters i know i know it's such a magical movie uh, uh literally yeah uh so yeah i i definitely am jealous of people who got to see it like you in theaters but uh, again I'm, I'm beyond grateful for um what some of the streaming services have done for uh people who are sitting at home including disney plus with this uh you you got to think there's other stuff uh, up like netflix's sleeve or something yeah but this was this was a really good start to me um with this coming out over the weekend, people can just kind of hopefully relax and enjoy a really good story. Oh, for sure. And um, the uh, the writer and director was Dan Scanlon. Yeah. He, he came up with this. It was inspired by his own father's death uh, when he and his brother were younger and how their relationship uh, evolved. Like, you know, as he, so he sees his brother as a father figure. So it was very clearly personal. You could tell just from the movie. And, for sure. Uh, he decided to write this after we heard an audio clip of his father. God. God. 
like all Pixar films, this was planned years in advance. This is uh, July 2017 was when this was first announced. So yes, yeah, yeah, it takes a while to make these movies. It does. It, you know, it shows that the the craft is there. Like you said, I love the Monsters Inc. They took you know years to make sure that Sully looked perfect. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't. You know, it's not. It's not Monsters Inc. You know, you need. You need those characters, and yeah, I, I I've been watching. Uh, before Onward came out, I've been just kind of like in that world uh, from like, I would say Wednesday to Friday, uh, pretty much watching Pixar movies nonstop. You know, Toy Story, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, Bugs Life, Ratatouille, just kind of random ones like all you know throughout the day, uh, leading up to Onward coming out. So it's uh, uh, you just reminded every time of how great, how many great characters there are, how many great uh voice performances they get from people like very very famous people and then the music man the music is always just there it's such a constant and it does not i I, onward is the same way onward is a couple like guitar riffs that are fucking sick dude that ride to valhalla when guinevere sacrifices itself dude that's that was some badass licks right there man (laughs) hell yeah dude you felt that (laughs) i get that got that shit on spotify already man yeah (laughs) ready to fucking roll Oh, for sure. Can't be going on any quest anytime soon, but you know. <laughs> yeah, not for a while anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was actually this was uh, Pixar's first film without John Lasseter. Oh wow! Yeah. Of, he resigned from Pixar uh, last year after uh, sexual harassment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, accusations, which I that that motherfucker after all the like wonderful kids movies he gave us and what he was re- like who he really was that that fucking hurt. Yeah, it really sucks, and you know, um, doesn't that just get get? Isn't that getting old? Where it's like everything is getting kind of tainted because all these dickheads, these fucking douchebags, you know, it get it, it gets annoying to me anyway. I don't know. Yeah, regrettably, it, yeah, it yeah, is. it's just yeah, it gets gets old, gets old. It's fucking uh, yeah, retired. Let's let's move on. <sighs> yeah, I'm doing my best to not let it affect the work because like I'm never gonna. Like I can't. What am I gonna just not watch any Pixar movies anymore because he was involved in them? Yeah, yeah. No, that's no. not. It's not. It's not happening. No, of course not. But you know, we've talked about that before with Polanski and. Yeah, separating. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten to. We. We know what we're doing at this point. <laughs> yeah, it it just gets old, man. Because you want to have a good conscience about it, but. <laughs> they don't make it easy. They don't. They really fucking don't. Uh, I give Onward a nine. I thought it was Same. fantastic. Same. Easy nine, yeah. I actually, yeah, most Pixar's, you know, I'd say are eight or nine, right? Or there's a few, like, Toy Stories of ten, in my opinion, and yours. But uh, Onward, right away, like, right when it finished, I was like, oh, that was damn near perfect, you know? Um, I'm definitely going to try to buy it and watch it again and again, that sort of thing. It's one of those. Um, I really like it. I'm really excited to see what's uh, what's next for Tom Holland. Like you said, uh, we'll see if he's good with Drake, that character, but... I don't know. I, I'm I'm really excited because it's kind of he can kind of go anywhere from here. When you've been Spider-Man, then you've been in two giant animated movies. You, yeah, the world's yours. Two. What was the other one? Uh, Spies in Disguise. I remember that. Was that was that a success? Yeah, it, it did pretty well. It did it did you know it did well as a kids movie usually does you know. Oh. Yeah. I yeah. mean it didn't it, it didn't do what a Pixar movie normally does, but it, it did it did well. We can both speak from personal experience working at Alamo Drafthouse that there's very few kids' movies that aren't financially successful. Yeah, no kidding, man. God. Yeah. People take their kids to see anything. 
<laughs> Especially at Draft House, y'all just like here's just here's some mozzarella sticks. Shut the hell up. <laughs> that's that's parenting. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I hope this uh, I hope this new format worked out for you. Um, I know I'm I want to thank you guys for sticking with us through all this. I know that you have your choice of movie podcast, and I'd like to thank you for choosing Filmgasm. Indeed. Uh, this week we're gonna have the cell for you on Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, weird movie. You, I know you haven't watched it yet. Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna watch it tomorrow night. Yeah, it's it's surreal. Uh, requires a great deal of focus because it's it's very much like real world, dream world kind of movie. Great. Well, I just finished Twin Peaks today, so uh... <laughs> so you've been in that vein for quite a while. <laughs> well, in, in one of the episodes, <laughs> fucking Cooper says he's like, "You're all in a dream." <laughs> You're like, okay, well that answers that, you know. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, no, I'm definitely I'm always open to that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, well, I'm sure it'll definitely be an interesting one to talk about. It was uh, like one of Vincent D'Onofrio's best performances. He is fucking scary. Hell (laughs) yeah. Like, seriously, I was having like I was there was a couple moments where I'm like, ooh, (laughs) just Jesus. Good. But um. Yeah, cool movie, and uh, we'll have that for you Wednesday, and uh, expect you know as much content as we can do. Uh, we're going to keep with the Skype thing for a, for a while until this all blows over and settles down. Um, we'll have a couple episodes on the back burner that we're going to launch uh, the next couple Sundays for you. And um, I guess uh, – well, I can address – I'll address what we're going to be doing moving forward with the book uh, next week. So until then uh, – Check this movie out. It's on Disney Plus and uh, great for the whole family. One of Pixar's yeah. best. And uh, that's pretty much all we can say about it. It's just, yeah, see it for yourself. It's worth it's worth a watch for sure. Hell yeah. You guys enjoy. Have a good week. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll catch you Wednesday.